true as as as. Hi, welcome to episode 109, I believe it is. Is it not, Mr. Davey? It is. It is. November 20th. My uh, script says November 200th, but I know that's a, that's an error. Cheers to everyone for watching us on Captain's Quarters Podcast right here in the oldest city in the nation, St. Augustine, Florida. And as always, we like to make sure you know how you can find us. So go to Captain's Quarters Podcast at YouTube. Captain's Quarters Podcast. So YouTube.com, find Captain's Quarters Podcast, or use that silly thing with all the buttons and dots and things in it. I, that's called a QR code. Use that QR code and find us. Subscribe to us. Like us. We like it when you like us. And follow along with all the things we do. 109 episodes under our belt now. Who knows what's going to happen in the new year? And we're actually going to talk about 2024 in just a little while during the show. But for now... Captain's Quarters Podcast on YouTube. And we always like to tell everybody our full show sponsor is always the Pirate and Treasure Museum of St. Augustine. I have a good loving for them. I've been with them for 12 years, ladies and gentlemen, coming up on 12 years doing tours for the St. Augustine Pirate and Treasure Museum. And they have, they have propelled me into all kinds of things that have not been on my plate or would never have been on my plate. And now here we are. And now we've got this podcast. So we like to brag about the St. Augustine Pirate and Treasure Museum because it's a lot of fun there. And if you're looking for a good tour during the holidays here in St. Augustine and want something to do, come see me there. I'll give you a fine tour all about real pirate history. Upon that note, we always start off with Eight Bells, which is sponsored by our family friends of the Rikers, the Riker reenactors. And we'd like to go ahead and eight bells is going to be a little long tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because, well, sadly, we have quite a few. So if you can, Mr. Davey, let's see what we have. George Funky Brown was the drummer founding member of one of the main songwriter and one of the main songwriters of the pop rock rhythm and blues group Cool and the Gang. Co-wrote such enduring standards as Celebration, Jungle Love and Ladies Night. He was 74 years old. He, Cool and the Gang, was big when I was in high school. Dana Carvey? Wow. Dana Carvey is an American stand-up comedian. Well, I didn't even need to read this. If you don't know who David, Dana Carvey is, and best known for his seven seasons as cast member of Saturday Night Live, 86 to 93. I'm actually thrown by this one. I did not catch this one at all. Carvey is also known for his film roles and comedians, such as his role of Garth Algar in the spin-off of Wayne's World and its sequel, Wayne's World 2. He was 68 years old. Davey, can you hear me? Davey? I can hear you. What did what, what was the cause of Dana Carvey's death? Do we know? I, I'm not sure. All right, I'll have to go back and look at it. That's sad. I, yeah, I, just, I was shocked. Wow. That's out of the blue. And you know what makes it even worse? He was only three years older than me. Mm -hmm. Damn. All right. Oop. Uh, Mandy, that might be why we're having problems with YouTube. I've let a few words slip. John Michael Jumpin' Johnny Green 
an American professional basketball player in the National Basketball Association. He played college basketball for Michigan State Spartans, earning consensus second team all-star or all-American honors. He was a four-time NBA all-star. He was 89 years old. Sarah Keys Evans, an American, African-American Army veteran who was a major figure in the civil rights movement in the United States. Keys was invited to speak at the 1997 dedication of the Women in Military Service for America Memorial. In 2020, Roanoke Rapids declared August 1 to be Sarah Keys Evans Day and dedicated a mural depicting her story. She was 95 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Robert Nelson Usuri, an American thoroughbred horse racing Hall of Fame jockey. His first race as a professional jockey came at Fairgrounds Racecourse in New Orleans in 1951, where he rode Reticule to victory in the Thanksgiving handicap. By the end of the decade, he had won the Travers, the Whitney, and the Alabama Stakes. He was 88 years old. Kenley Dean Squire, an American sportscaster and motorsports editor from Waterbury, Vermont. From 79 to 97, he served as a lap-by-lap -lap commentator for NASCAR on CBS and was also a lap-by-lap -lap commentator for TBS from 83 to 99. Squire was the first announcer to give lap-by-lap -lap commentary for the Daytona 500 in 1979. He coined the term the Great American Race for the Daytona 500 and helped introduce the Australian-developed in-car camera for 1982 running of the event. He lived in Stowe, Vermont, until his death, and he was 88 years old. Eleanor Rosalind Carter just passed away, was an American writer and activist who served as the First Lady of the United States of America in 1977 to 1981, as the wife of President Jimmy Carter. And for the decades she was in public service, she was a leading advocate for numerous causes, including mental health, mm -hmm. She was 96. Now, I want to say one more thing about Rosalind Carter. Jimmy Carter passed away just months ago. And I talked about how Jimmy Carter may not, in the eyes of many Americans, been one of the best presidents in the world, but he is one of the best examples of what a president should be after the office. He is a hugely great statesman. And I have to say that Rosalind Carter shared the same limelight. And both my wife and I got to meet her in Las Vegas, my wife was running a Christmas tree stand in Las Vegas in about 2004, I believe it might have been. And Rosalind Carter and one of her sons came to buy a Christmas tree because they were in Las Vegas for Christmas. So we got a chance to meet them. We have their autograph on our wall. It was great to meet her because I had met Jimmy Carter when I was in the military. So it was wonderful to meet her. So. Those are our fond memories of Rosalind Carter. Oh, Captain, there was um, it was not Dana Carvey. They messed up on the wiki thing. It was his son. Oh, okay, very good. <laughs> well, wait, that actually is not very polite to say. Not very good. <laughs> How about sadly they made a mistake? Even more sad that he's lost his son. All right, all right, very good. Uh, Alexander Peter, Peter Alexander Spellos was an American voice actor. Spellos appeared in hundreds of films and television shows. American Dreams, Gus the, the Giver, Ramsey, ER, 
tribe or trib reporter, married with children, Emma, Elmo, Battletech, the animated series, and Captain Miles Hawkins, viewer of uh, Alien de Alien Detectors, Moose Trenganau, and he was 69 years old. Now, this last one is for people that are in the international pirate community. Out of the four, I actually know one. I knew Mad Davies Flint. The others I did not have the pleasure of meeting, but I did have the pleasure of knowing through that wonderful media called Facebook, because the pirate community is very widespread. I have to say it is a sad thing to have lost four of our brethren, Lady Sarah, the Axe, Lady Suzanne, and Mad Davy Flint. We lost them all in this last week. A very sad thing. And we mourn their loss as we mourn the loss of everybody in eight bells. So Davy, give us our traditional eight bells. It's always best and great for us to pay homage to those people that have passed on before us and talk about their greatness. We never talk ill of the dead, but we always talk positive of their lives and their successes. For now, though, ladies and gentlemen, we move on because it's now time for Joke of the Week. We go from eight bells to Joke of the Week with Mini Mayhem. Joke of the Week is sponsored by Marco's Pizza, one of our newest sponsors. They were a big sponsor for Spooktacular and helped us do such a successful job. And if you want a really great pizza, ladies and gentlemen, you can't get a better one than Marco's Pizza. Man, for the first time I had one of theirs, now that's the pizza we like. Go ahead, Davey. Joke of the Week. Ahoy, mates. Mini Mayhem here with Joke of the Week. Sponsored by Marco's Pizza. Why do pirates love Thanksgiving? Think about it, and I will give you the answer at the end of the show. Boy, I can hardly wait to hear the answer to that one, since it is Thanksgiving week, and we will be doing Question of the Week in just a moment, also on Thanksgiving. But for now, Quote of the Week, sponsored by Spyglass Travel. Yeah, quote of the Week. Quote of the week. What did I say? Yes. Quote of the week sponsored by Spyglass Travel. <coughs> Sorry, it was a long weekend. You can't control the wind, but you can adjust the sails. An unknown has said that, and very, very interesting to think of that. You can't control the wind, but you can adjust the sails. I like it when a quote pops up that Davy has found, and it fits within things that I'm thinking over the last couple of days. Yes. We will adjust, as always. Sounds like a good one. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Pardon me. Now it's time for Question of the Week, sponsored by our good friends and our lovely Miss Gina and the Ancient City Sirens. You need a dance troupe? Why, <laughs> they're the ones to call. <clears throat> they can do pirate dance, fusion, tribal. Uh, you name it, they can do it. I have total faith in everything they do. That's why uh, Gina and I have been good working partners for since 2008. I can say it that way because I don't have my mathematics in my head to do the numbers, but since 2008, which would be about 15 years. 15 years 
working with somebody in the, this the professional business means an awful lot to me, as I know it means a lot to Miss Gina. So, what is our question of the week? Thanksgiving traditions. Two words. That's it. Do you have any? Thanksgiving traditions. One of mine I grew up with, and we've been talking about it here in my home. We begin decorating for Christmas around Thanksgiving. Some people that's too early. Some people that's too late. But we begin on Thanksgiving. It's something that started when I was a kid. So we'll want to hear what your traditions are. Crew adventures completed. We only have one to talk about. We just finished it today. Two days of shoot. The St. Augustine Swashbucklers are involved in a movie. We spent yesterday and today doing shoots of some of the scenes. Half of the scenes are shot now. The rest of the scenes will be shot after the first of the year. It is a movie with our good friend Vesta. And Davy, did you happen to have a poster of any of her past? No, but you do have some pictures. This is a movie, all I'm allowed to say, ladies and gentlemen, it is a movie around the 1668 time frame where a witch goes back in time to this time frame and meets a pirate. So everybody is, well, there we are in the courtroom scene where one of the witches is about to be found guilty with not much of a courtroom, that's for sure. I don't mean because of the scene. I mean, because just as it was, well... We're not telling you most of the characters and who they are, but many of the crew of the St. Augustine Swashbucklers actually had speaking parts in this movie. There's a whole group of them there. Up there's, now, of course, Mr. Longwood had to get his own picture in there. Get that out of there. There's old Mr. D. There's Tinker. There's Mr. Leon. There's Robin, all having bits and pieces and parts as town folk and regular old people, not pirates. <laughs> all right. Is there another? There were a couple of other pictures there. I sent you seven. I'm missing one. All right. Pop, pop the two up that are full of with all the people in it. Okay, that one, as long as you got that one, I'm good. And the reason I'm good with that is because there's Miss Cece right up in the front, and she wasn't in a couple of the other pictures. And if we didn't put her in those pictures, well, you know, somebody's going to get in trouble, Mr. Davey. Mm -hmm. But there's the crew. That's a good portion of our crew right there, ladies and gentlemen, involved in this movie. So the rest of the movie will be shot after the first of the year, and then the movie will go public sometime in the summer. Be watching because we are actually looking at an opportunity to have a reveal show or a grand presentation of the movie. And we've already talked about possibly turning it into a charity event. I'm a little slow because I keep seeing some things here. Uh, Will the historian says he thinks President Carter is still alive. I believe he, he passed is. away already. Didn't he? No. He did not pass away. Let's double check that. I thought he passed away about a month and a half ago. But let's do double check that. I could be wrong, but I could have sworn and he's nine, he's older than Rosalind. Rosalind was 96. Jimmy Carter was 99. And that's why I thought he passed away because he just missed his 100th birthday. Davey, check that out real quick as you can. Yep. But as we finish the crew adventures complete, we do want to talk about a few crew adventures on the horizon. If you want a good ride with Santa, go to the tasting tours. 
Night of Lights and get on board with Santa. Santa's got several open rides still left if you want to ride around in a golf cart with Santa. And I know that Santa had 11 tours on Friday and or Saturday and Sunday night. The next group is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this week. Our next one, we want to make sure we say something about our good friends, the Seawell Privateers, for on December 2nd from 8 to 10 at Captain's Barbecue. You can bring your little one there and have breakfast with Santa. Pancakes and laughter and holiday spirit. And the tickets are very reasonable. $10 for adults, $5 for children. Get them in advance. See all that information there. And go down and have breakfast with Santa down there in Flagler County with the Seawolf Privateers. After Christmas, when Santa has left, you may want to take one of those rides on that golf cart around and see the city lights with old Captain Mayhem piloting a 10-passenger golf cart. Now, if that's not a ride and a half to have some fun with, I don't know what it is. But come on down, 27, 28, 29, 30, and 31. Three trips nightly, 15 total trips. Some of you pirates, get your pirate friends together. We can have nine of you on one trip at a time. Come down and ride the lights and let's say R to all the tourists here in St. Augustine. Captain Jimmy and Carter's still alive. He's 99. 99. All right. My bad. I thought he had passed, but okay. My bad. I apologize to everybody. When you get old, sometimes your memory goes bad. I'll let it go at that. Before Davey puts up, now you know why the rum is always gone. <laughs> Upon that note, one other crew adventure on the horizon, ladies and gentlemen. I, the words of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Old City Pirate Fest 2024 is on the horizon. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is, an, it is being expanded. And if you want to keep up with what's going on, there's our public Facebook page. There's William Mayhem Productions, wmayhemproductions.com, and the podcast of YouTube for weekly updates. 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, and 23. We didn't do 22. I think I made a mistake with that, but that's all right. There's another mistake in there that somebody else pointed out to me. I'll update that tomorrow morning. But ladies and gentlemen, we are alive and well. Old City Pirate Festival will be running. Let me give you some hints. Pirate Court is coming back. Now, in, 20, in 2008, Pirate Court was brought about by my good friend, Oli Mackle, and myself. Oli Mackle is a great improv actor and comedian, and myself, and we had Pirate Court. There have been several attempts at Pirate Court over the last dozen years, and they all just kind of fall short. I'm not saying that's bad or good, but there hasn't been a good Pirate Court in any way, shape, or form for the last four or five years. We're bringing back Pirate Court. And here's a little sneak hint. The judge for Pirate Court is a very well-known law enforcement official of St. John's County. I don't think I can give you any more hints than that for now. Also, we're bringing in the Shadow Players from up the coastline, up in the Carolinas. The Shadow Players are a wonderful sword fighting demonstration crew. And we've actually got it worked out that there is going to be a sword fighting seminar. So if you would like to learn a little bit about sword fighting, there will be a seminar. It is an extra fee for that seminar, but we are working on that. We are working on a rum seminar, and we have a couple of other seminars that we're working on also. 
we already have enough vendors that have sent messages that when we go live with the vendor application within the next week, I believe we'll be shutting down vendor applications by the end of the year. And again, ladies and gentlemen, this is February 2, 3, and 4. Do notice it's the first weekend in February. I just caught wind of a good series of comments about Old City Pirate Festival, and I want to publicly thank Chad Cook, the captain of the Pirates of the Queen Anne's Revenge. Did I get that right, Davey? I think I did. Yes. He Queen spoke Anne. highly of the, of the Pirate Old City Pirate Festival, and I thank him publicly for doing so. I thank you very, very much, and we will be breathing some new life and doing some new things for Old City Pirate Festival. It is actually going to be at least two days, half a day on Friday, all day Saturday, half a day on Sunday. That equals two. So mark your calendars, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to go and do it. For that, it's time to bring in, and look, I've, I've spent 20 minutes what are you smiling at, Mandy? So my husband discovered I can't hear him with these on, so he keeps running around saying things and thinks it's hilarious that I can't hear him. So he's making a mockery of it right now. Well, just give him a give him a number one sign and you're you're done with him. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, I've used up an extra five minutes, so I shouldn't have done that, but we have good stuff to talk about on this show. But for now, it's time to bring in our guest. Now, our guest is streaming in live from California. So it's three hours difference for them. And she is a noted, how do I want to put this? She's noted in the world of Hollywood. There you go. She is a creator, a writer, a artist, a developer of props. I'm sure there's some other things she'll tell us about. And so, let's bring her in, the great Diana Hammond. Hey! Hey, how are you? All right, very good. Here And here's one of the great things. I'm going to throw this out for everybody here. Diana is a native of St. Augustine. All right. I grew up in the Colonial Quarter. Yes, very good. So, yeah. it's great to have you on the show. Wonderful to have you here. I'm sorry we're taking up your time earlier but what's it 520 out there now well it's it's wonderful to be here i'm really glad to be here guys i love talking about all this stuff i'm very happy to be here so let's really get their uh, get their energy and their interest right away okay. what is the most i i think i know but i want you to tell us because donna bragged about it but let's have you tell us what's the most famous thing you're famous for Working on the Stay Puft monster on the first uh, Ghostbusters movie. There you go. And if you don't know what that is, well, uh, you're living under a rock. <laughs> so you developed and created that. No, I was a very <laughs> small part of the team. I, I came late, uh, 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 created the monster, and I was uh, I was hired as a PA, and then I became the coordinator of all the tech, like sort of scheduling stuff. And so it's very complex and they were running really late. So I ended up just because I'm, I was panicking that it wouldn't get done. I got out a calendar and started, you know, scheduling things. And, and because I did that, I ended up sort of getting, you know, into the, into the room where we saw the dailies and uh, ending up, you know, getting a higher position. Uh, but the most fun part was puppeteering his mouth. 
And that was great. And I'd never worked on anything. It was my first big movie and nothing ever came close after that. It was great. So you've, you've had other experiences in puppeteering. Now, here yeah. it is. Was there a person inside of that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Bill. And uh, Bill is like, he's still working. He's amazing. There he is. He, he was, so Bill was in charge of the whole suit, Bill Bryan. Uh, and he also wasn't, you know, was the person inside the suit. So he ran a, a small crew of madcap people trying to get this done really rapidly, designing it, making sure, you know, the, the slow walk that he did while they were filming fast ended up having that great effect. Uh, and, um, and I ended up, you know, my friend Mark Tyler from Jacksonville uh, got me this gig and that's me there on the right in the white shirt. And at first I was just like running to get supplies and making sure there was no dirt on the suit and things like that. Uh, making sure Bill had air conditioning in the suit. There was like a big tube because inside of those suits, it gets really hot. Uh, and, uh, and then eventually I was puppeteering his mouth and, uh, you know, in with Richard Edlund and all these great effects luminaries. Uh, that's me talking to John Bruno. I'm in the stripes and that's John Bruno, who was art director. And, uh, that's on the, the stage set of Ghostbusters and you can't really see it in this shot, but this, this suit had a, a slit down the back, all these suits, the foam wrapped around it. And you had to sort of hide the zipper in the back. And then the cables came down behind his leg and there was a slit in the, in the road that sort of self-healed. So the cables ran right behind him. And I and three other puppeteers were on a cart underneath this stage set puppeteering as he walked down the street. And that's Etsuko Agawa there on the left. She's a very famous uh, effects person in Japan now. Very, very cool. That's that's something really to brag about, though, because Ghostbusters is, what's the word we want to use here? Ghostbusters is just really ingrained in the culture of, of many of us, especially those of us that really got to see it all. So, I it's, mean. It's great to have been a very small part of something that's iconic. It's, it's that's iconic. Really There's the word I was looking for. We yeah, just had a yeah. question here. What was the monster actually made of? Well, there's a there's a foam that these guys use called L200. So when you're dealing with foam, uh, what really matters is something called PPI, which is pores per inch. So L200 foam, uh, at least back then, I think they're still using it, it has very little, very few pores per inch, which means it's very rigid. So very dense. A little bit. So there's some shots. I don't know if David has one. Uh, I, I forced everybody to take this one shot, and I'm really glad I did because it's the only evidence, I think, of all of us standing inside the different shapes that are made out of that L200. And they, it's basically like any time you take a, you know, it's like dressmaking where you take a two-dimensional object and have to make it rounded like a globe. And they did that in sections like an orange. And then there's a very, uh, a very different fluffy foam lots of pores per inch that, you know, got glued all around it. But then when you get to the back edge of it, there's just a raw edge that you have to hide. So if you were seeing the Stay Puft Man from the front, that edge would be in the back. And if you're seeing him from the side, it, the, the seam would be on the side. So there were actually multiple Stay Puft suits. How many do you know? 
Oh, I don't know. I think uh, probably the maximum is what's in that photograph. I think it, it's maybe seven, eight, something like that. Right. Yeah. Well, you always have to have more because you need backup for what you're doing. And, and, and it, it just, and then there's various angles of scenes for those kind of things. And setting uh, a couple of them on fire, which was yeah. very scary. Yeah. yeah. So very, very yeah, nice. they have to have a but and it was it was really, you know, movies are always you guys just did one. Um, you know, it, you're always running behind and it never feels like it's gonna get done, just like a theater show, you know, you're like, it's never gonna get done, and somehow it does. But Ghostbusters was a totally like I saw the billboards and thought that's not gonna happen, like as we were doing it. It was very scary. Uh uh, but you know, somehow they got it done. So in working with the Ghostbusters, did you get a chance to work with, or uh, maybe not work with, but talk to? No, that was my only encounter. So what had happened is uh, Richard Edlin was up at Star Wars and he, he broke away and came down to LA and started an effect shop. And uh, he did 2001 and Ghostbusters and it was called Boss Film. So he did both of those almost at the same time. So uh, all the live action was being shot, you know, like some people were like making the terror dogs and then going to shoot the terror dogs on the live action set and things like that. But almost all the effect shots happened right there in Marina Del Rey in LA. And so I stayed there. The only person I met was Sigourney Weaver and she was the first famous person I met. And I, I wanted to be her so much. Like I had her <laughs> hair cut and she's tall like me and, I was like, hi, hi, I was like really, really goofy and got too close to her. And she was so nice about it. She didn't make me feel bad or anything. I was part of the tour showing her what was going on with Stay Puft. So uh, anyway, I, I, it, she was very gracious about me being a goofball. But she's the only star I met there. Well, m many stars meet many of us that are goofballs. I, I, I've been known to be a goofball in front of some of the stars that I'm enamored with also. Most um, so it happens. Like most of the big film buffs, you know, if you're a film buff, you're, you know, Absolutely. you're a goofball. Yeah. 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 Huh. I mean, it's, it's, I, I got a chance to meet Richard Roundtree. I was oh, wow. Yeah. St. Augustine. Yeah. And, and I got a chance to meet Richard Roundtree. Uh, you're thinking of, um, um, oh, you're right. I'm mixing up the names. Um, yeah. Richard Roundtree was Shaft. You're thinking of, yeah, yeah. Can't think of his uh, name. But we know who we're talking about. Was, uh, have gun will travel. Yeah. This and and when I was a kid in the '60s in St. Augustine, he was like the big star. He was. So yeah. do you remember? Um, oh, I hate it when I forget names. I I can't ever. There was, I, a, there was a restaurant, Marty's Marty restaurant. You remember Marty's yeah, Marty. restaurant? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That's where that's where I met Richard. It's going to come to me in a minute. It'll pop. Yeah, in it'll my come head. to me too. Yeah. Uh, but that's I was a little boy when 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 that happened. So. Oh, cool! Yes. I never met him. I I saw him from a distance. I think once. Yeah. Well, he taught he taught uh, acting classes at Flagler also. Did he really? Yep. I didn't know that until recently. Oh wow! Well, I was old friends with Bob, who taught art there. Bob and Gudron Hall. Did you guys know them? Bob was Richard a Boone, Richard Boone. Richard Boone, yeah. Richard Boone. Yeah. Oh, that's so, great. Thank you for the help, Donna. All right. That's what I have. That's what we have this gallery of people. Let's see, they've caught me already. Jimmy Carter's still alive, and I can't remember Richard Boone's name. And I'm <laughs> only on my second glass of wine. I mean, come on. 
So <laughs> you have an so excuse, unlike I, me. Any excuse is a good excuse. So let's right. let's talk about some of the other celebrities you've met. Can you name some that you that, that stick out in your well, head? Well, sure. I can tell you a more embarrassing story. How about my uh, Richard Gere story? Okay, very good. Okay. This is my one of my favorites. Um, so I was working on a, a movie called And the Band Played on it. It was one of the first movies HBO did. I think it was the second one. And uh, I it was downtown in the homeless area. And uh, and the band played on was that great uh, movie about AIDS right at you know right after everybody had died you know like right after my whole generation of artists the men had died uh, and a lot of great celebrities were on that it was a uh, you know like fantastic experience to meet a whole bunch of celebrities quickly and I was a set decorator on that and I was exhausted it was 113 sets in 33 days which is just insane yeah <laughs> nobody does that. and uh it's hard to explain like you know one set a day is sort of the norm and it was just so beyond that and um so i was you know exhausted and it was early in the morning it was right at dawn and the streets were empty and i started walking from the cd hotel where we were shooting uh towards my car and then there was one figure coming towards me from the other side slowly and as I'm, and he's like two blocks away. And as I get closer and closer, I realize, oh my God, that's Richard Gere. Now I'd never had a crush on Richard Gere. He always, he always seemed very slick to me and not really my type. But as he got closer and closer, he was like smiling at me and like, you know, with those big stars, they just, you know, that Marilyn Monroe light switch thing. They just, yeah. when they turn it on and flirt with you, you're like, it's, to die for so he's walking slowly towards me for like a block smiling at me and at a certain point my knees gave way and i like had to like uh and recover and then he laughed at me as i was passing and said good morning <laughs> <laughs> and that's it that's the whole story but that's my richard gear encounter <laughs> <laughs> but at least it's a good memory though at least yeah. you didn't like fall all over the street right no, no. I mean, I just sort of, I didn't fall on the ground, but I, my knees gave way and I had to sort of, you know, they, they really, they, I'd never had that experience. Uh, and they just <laughs> dropped out from under me, but it was like a very intense, you know, like smiling and flirting with me. And it, it but that star power thing is very, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's a it is, it is really something at times. Yeah. Very yeah. Much so. yeah. Uh, I, even now, I mean, Davey and I have had the opportunity to meet some really great people at some of the cons we go to because of our pirating and everything else. And we've met some stars that I, I'm really, I, I get, I don't know what the word is. Enamored's not really the word for me, but there are stars that I think are just some of the, some of the, their roles, their, their, what they do to me is meaningful to me. Yeah, they're per it's a personal that. relationship you have with it them. It is. Because of that, they, they are great people to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, and here's one that's even sillier. When we did uh, Ancient City Con, and you'd be great to come visit Ancient City Con because you could have a booth that. and talk about your stuff. And But we did Ancient City Con, was it two years ago that, that the um, Stranger Things kids were there? Oh, cool. And so I love the show and all the kids that were the experimental kids in that, that yeah. season, they yeah. were all there. Oh, that's very cool. 
And that's well, where we, you met Barry Bostwick. And, and oh, Barry Bostwick. Oh, wow. That was, that was for me, of course. Yeah, and we got, some, we got some footage with him. The fun oh, part about the kids was these are all kids sitting at tables signing autographs, and, and they're bored with it. Yeah, and every yeah. so often, as a group, they would come over and sit in our booth because we were pirates. You were and they more wanted fun. to hang out with the pirates, so they kept coming over and hanging out with us. Of course so they did. Yeah, they, they were. I think they were as enamored with us as we were with them. Probably it was, more. It was as really a kid, that's cool. got to be boring. Yeah. And then, and then Barry Boswick, he was there, and, and we got to do an interview with him and talk oh, to him, and, and and you know who who doesn't know Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? But I was a huge fan of Spin City. Oh yeah, yeah. He was great in that. Yeah, and he was wonderful in that. And and so he's great I, in everything. He's always uh, good. But he also was a great George Washington. So when he gave yeah. me a picture, he autographed a picture and wouldn't let me pay for it. But he gave me one of his autographed pictures of him as George Washington. That's really which nice. Fits very well in my pirate room. Oh yeah, yeah. That's totally. So, yeah, yeah, you find those actors. So what's another actor on your side that 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 really sticks out in your head? Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, mean there's I'm, so many of them, right? You live in Hollywood, so they're everywhere. Yeah, they, they are. I mean, it's in, you know, there, there are certain places, you know, like when people would come into town, I usually, they'll go, well, where do we go? It's like, you go to the Starbucks is where you want to see. Like, let's go <laughs> to the Starbucks in Malibu for a couple hours. We'll see somebody. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, people, you know, the, to be honest, I, I tend to, you know, think of the stories of people who were rude or mean, you know, like you, you oh, know, those let's go with that then. I, that's a good, that's a great but segue. I wanna, but I don't want to, you know, there, but sometimes, sometimes. Tell us one, tell us one that you think you can tell without it being a major, major issue. Um, I, well, I'm having my noun problem again, David. Oh, David Strathairn was the one who really stands out. And I, I'm happy to talk badly about him. He was so incredibly rude, but I was on a, a, a movie and it was cold and we were up in the mountains and and I again often in the art department you don't look so great you know you have paint on your clothes or you know dirt you know you go from one of the things you look that, like a you look like a real worker right yeah yeah well one of the things about being even a designer especially on a non-union movie but you you know you have to dress and present yourself the director and then go lift an oil drum that's just the gig you know and so often you don't look like anybody, which can be a real gauge of, you know, who these people are because they can, you know, they can treat you like you're a PA and then you're in the meeting and they're like, oh, I made a mistake. I just defended the designer. But but uh, he was really, really uh, rude. Like I, I just said, you know, it was, again, one of those things where I was walking toward him and it was the morning and um, he was coming toward him. I said, good morning. And, and he said, you know, he, I don't even think he said anything. I think he just looked at me like I was a bug that he wanted to crush. And how dare I talk to him? Yeah. Oh, I know a good one. Can I, I can't curse, right? I won't curse. I know a good one. This isn't my story, but, uh, oh, I love it. You know who Art Carney is, right? Absolutely. Okay. So Art Carney is a famous curmudgeon. You'd never know it from his roles, right? But I, I did this movie called uh, uh, The Night They Saved Christmas. It, terrible movie, just like a, but it was an effects, it was a very cool effects thing. There was this thing called IntroVision at the time, which failed because the head of the company was crazy. But like Spielberg was like, where's the mat line? Like it was, it was an amazing technology where 
they would actively run the film through the camera and they would have a glass mat. Often in effect, you would have a plate of glass in the old days, you'd have a plate of glass that you would shoot through and there would be a painting you know, on one side that would be part of the scene, like in the oldie right. early film days, right. right? And another thing that could happen is you could paint a black black paint and that would become a mat that then later another element would be sandwiched with, right? So with IntraVision, it, that happened where they would black things out, but the film that, that covered that mat was running through the camera and there was live action happening behind it. And about and uh, uh, like a moving image on the uh, screen behind it. So we're like four active elements happening in real time, which in the 80s was just impossible. So it was very, very cool. You could actually direct uh, something that had animated toys and real people and all this stuff going on at the same time. It was a very cool, terrible movie. But Art Carney, uh, my boss, who was the designer on that show, was walking down this long corridor between the office and the stage. It, there was only one stage or maybe one in a tiny stage, a tiny facility. And he was walking down. Again, all these stories are about walking down a long corridor. With two people <laughs> kind of, we had the theme developing. It's funny. But uh, uh, Tim was his name and he was walking and Tim was like a, you know, barrel chested, sweetest guy in the world, like a big fluffy beard, just sparkling blue eyes, just, you know, life itself and fun and joy and, and very talented. And uh, Tim was walking down towards the office and Art Carney was coming. He had just come from his costume fitting. He's going to go to stage dressed as Santa Claus. And so Art Carney's coming towards Tim and Tim sees him and says, aw, Merry Christmas, Santa. And Art Carney said, F you. <laughs> 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 I, and that is Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, when, when we had when we had Sears, Stephen Sears, right, David? See, Stephen Sears was on about two months ago, and he's out in your neck of the woods, and he had dealings with Xena, Princess Warrior, and right. Hercules, and some of the really great A team, some of those great eighty late eighties, nineties. Yeah, and he actually coined it best. And, and I had to agree with him, and, and I think you would too. You can really tell the character of a famous actor by the way he treats the, the people around him. Sure, yeah, yeah. Or it's her. very, it's stressful though. I mean, you really, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, there's a lot of Me Too stuff has come out, and uh, one of the things that I can, you know, like it, it, sometimes, Actors are just that classic making, you know, they're they're stressed out and so they make other people unhappy. But then there is also a lot of, you know, like borderline abuse that happens toward especially women actors on set. And the one True. I think and there's of, also there's oh, there's also I mean, I was a comedian mm. in, in Vegas and, and out west and, and did magic and comedy clubs and Comedians are the same way. Funny as hell on stage, yeah. but really have yeah. mental problems inside when they're not on stage. A, a, a perfect example um, is um, uh, Robin Williams. I mean, yeah. Robin Williams had a lot of problems. Um, 
when you're on stage and you're with all these people, you're the life of the party. And when you're not, then it, 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 it so, and I'm sure you've met some of the actors. That are, well, I've met some that are People I know who worked with Robin loved him and didn't think that. So maybe it was different in the comedy world, but um, like, well, and it's, it's not that any, nobody, nobody I know, including myself, who I met Robin, none of us thought badly of him, but we knew yeah. that he had demons. Yeah, yeah, I think I don't think you become a comedian unless you have demons. I think it's like a way to extricate them for most people. I think what you, you talking know? about, Willis. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but art is, you know, that's what art is for. And and I absolutely perform and, and also for actors. Oh, look that's, at this. That looks like you. That's me. Uh, my first job before Ghostbusters, I worked at a place called Coast Special Effects. And this is a stop motion shot that I was the assistant on. Um, and I was working for Pete Kozicic, who went on to do things like The Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline and all those great movies, uh, being the, the uh, director of photography. Uh, but he taught me a lot. Uh, at uh, He was one of the many wonderful uh, teachers I had at Coast Effects. I only had a few months there, but... I, I learned so much uh, when I was there. I was very, very lucky. So besides the Stay Puft Man, do you have, so that's your favorite. Do you have a, a do you have a well, second favorite? This is Beetlejuice, the snake. And there this, we go. People don't think this is me. A woman working on this named Lynn, who uh, she looks, I look more like her in this shot, but it's definitely me in my 80s glasses and uh i again i puppeteered uh the cheeks and the tongue on him and uh i think on the internet on uh, facebook you can see a video i think i linked to mark tyler's video that he took that night but this they uh they did a first snake and then it got rejected i think something was wrong with it or michael they wanted it to look more like michael keaton or something so ted ray who i worked with a lot and who's like one of the most creative people I've ever known, uh, technical genius with film. Uh, he had a company called Persistence of Vision. Uh, for a while, he worked with Tim Lawrence from Jacksonville, who's one of my friends uh, from Jacksonville. We all went out together. And uh, this was Beetlejuice, yeah. So that was just a couple weeks. I, uh, I painted the miniature uh, stage that the snake you know, is on there. And then um, worked with the rest of the crew and just did puppeteering. And Beetlejuice is another classic. So I know. Involved, you've been involved in some really great classics, iconic movies. And it's coming back, right? They're redoing it. They're doing a Beetlejuice 2 coming up. Now. Are, are they really? Yeah, it's in pre-production, I think. Is Michael Keaton in it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know much I'll about it. Look that up. Did you get to meet him? I, I think he's yeah, a great actor. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I left to go to the art department because I just, I wanted to be, I wanted to direct and I wanted to be where the action was. And uh, it probably was a bad idea. I also didn't want to be around the chemicals as much because I wanted right. to have a kid. Uh, Michael Keaton is in the new one. He is, is he good. Yes, yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, but no, you, in effect, a lot of the time you don't, sometimes you go to shoot on set. But a lot of times in effects, you never meet anybody. You, it, especially as a, a lower crew member, like I was in the eighties, in the early eighties. You know, you're. I was just like one step up from a PA, and so you don't. You, they don't bring you to set. Basically, you, right. you do your stuff in the in the workshop, basically, and then the head guy goes to the set. 
So I'll, I'll, I might get some flat from some of our watchers tonight or anybody else that watches us afterwards, but I think Michael Keaton was the best Batman of all the Batman. Really? That is contentious, young man. Yeah, I know, because there's a lot of people that will argue over who the best Batman was, but I think Michael Keaton really played it well. He has a real presence. He's one of those he people that, like, really stands out. I'm, I'm also thinking about, um, that's a, this is an actor story, I can tell you. Uh, oh, what's his name? See, here we go again with the, the name, Chris. Oh, what's his name? Uh, <clears throat> it was Communion. He was the lead on Communion, and the decorator had been fired, and I came in to do some additional work, basically, to finish the movie. And finding things, so he'll figure it out. What's his name? Yeah, Chris. It's oh God, you guys will know him. I just saw him in um. Oh, ah. the best part about doing live shows is is, is this part. Right David can look it up. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, Davy's quick. No, but I Christopher have the, Walken. Christopher Walken, thank you. Really? You got to meet him? I did. I got to be alone in a room with him for like an hour, and it was sort of weird. <laughs> he, is, he is actually probably one of, I, I probably have maybe five. He uh -huh. is one of my favorite actors. Really? Well, he's yeah. very, he's very unique. He is not, he wasn't somebody who, I mean, he was polite to me. It was, he wasn't rude or anything, but um, so we, I was dressing like a, I don't know, like a three or four room apartment. Um, you know, again, somebody had been fired. I'd just been brought in. I was rapidly trying to get things ready for the next day. And he was coming in to see his apartment, you know, to feel the space and get used to it. But he was just doing, a lot. and I know a lot of actors, you know, he was doing some sort of weird actor exercise. I don't he just kept walking around and going, oh, oh. You know, it's just doing all these weird guttural things. And, it, you know, I just was like, well, I guess I'll go decorate the other part of the apartment for a while and give them space. But he, he was very polite, but uh, it, it was mainly interacting with his grunts from the other room. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think he's, you know, he, he, he I, everything he does is, is just, and he's a good dancer, too. I was just rewatching Dead Zone, and um, I, I really like that movie. Yeah, and, uh, he's he's really good in it. Uh, it it's it, it's just dead on good. It's like really really. And good. lately, he's done some older some movies because he's older now, where he's played yeah. like an old retired bad guy out of the home yeah. with with De Niro and a couple of the others, and yeah. and his comedy is is really right on. His yeah, comedy we came is theater, I think. Yeah. He did. He, he came from theater and dance. So he sort of plays a very thin, you know, he doesn't have a lot of range. He he does this one shtick, you know. Yep. But there are yep. a lot of roles for that shtick. And uh, there yeah. is. And and, yeah. and it can go in a couple of different ways. So yeah, he's he he is um he's one of my favorite oh, uh, character cool. actors. I like him. So yeah. what's the least favorite movie you ever worked on? Oh boy. Do you have one that's at the bottom of the line? Well, like I think, yeah, it's uh, I worked on this. It, it made the least money of any movie that year. <laughs> I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it. It was a, a, it was we shot it in Alabama, uh, and uh, it had a uh, Scott. 
Oh my God. You have to bring up my IMDb, David. I, it's terrible. You know, I have MECFS, so I have that brain fog and I just can't find proper nouns to save my life. But it, I got to remember that because I can't remember things either. So, but I'm old. So, yeah, I'm old too. But uh, Scott Glenn was the lead. And oh, it was yeah. before Scott Glenn had come back with the astronaut movie. It was like he was just hanging steady with his career. And um, and this was a mob movie set in the 30s. So there were a lot of really cool sets. It was a really, uh, for me, I was a new-ish decorator. And so it was challenging. And it was like a 30s carnival and mob bosses and, you know, millionaires' houses. And, you know, it was a, it was a cool challenge. But uh, it was very low budget. Uh, my driver fell asleep and we were in a terrible crash. Uh it, it was a lot of racism in Alabama. We had a, a black kid on our crew who was just great. And we, I couldn't, I, he couldn't go into shops and rent things. People wouldn't rent to us with him and, and things what like that. Like this? What, what year was this? What decade was this? Mid eighties, late eighties, maybe. Yeah. He worked on Howard the Duck. <laughs> no, no, I worked on Howard the Duck, but just in reshoots, but no, it was, uh, the name of that movie. It'll come to me, but, uh, it's in my IMDb page. It's just. So here's a question. And this question is going to put you in a position where hopefully it doesn't embarrass you, but it gives you a chance to brag about yourself. And as oh, I told you at the absolutely. beginning, everything's improv. This And that's everything we do, all of our guests, I throw stuff out there and we just have fun talking about it. And, and I think mm -hmm. that's really what most of our listeners really enjoy is that we just have a good time talking about stuff. Yeah, she We're did just, gremlins too. This is conversation. That's all it is. But I'm going to ask you this question. Have you done anything? And maybe the Stay Puff Man is one of those. Have you done anything that you've actually got um, awards or recognition for? Yeah, the the one thing I, uh, I you know, that thing I was telling you, actually, it's weird. This one does not show up. They've actually removed it. They, they started a category, which was... Uh, in the Academy, they had a, a cat or maybe it was, no, it wasn't the Academy, it was television. Um, they had a category for art department special effects because for a while, remember the intravision thing I was telling you? Right, right. Very technical. And so for that, I saw my name on that I was nominated with that guy, Tim, who the story with Art Carney. So he was nominated and then me and, and the other co-set decorator on that. So it's a team. Yeah, it was a team of us, and that's usually how it is in the art department. Right. Like, get nominated with a couple of other people. Um, so we were nominated uh, for an Emmy for that, but then they removed that category. It didn't really take off. And so they just, because it was only that one year or maybe two years, you can't find that. And I didn't win. I was nominated. And same for And the Band Played On, I had an Emmy nomination for that, which the I was very proud of. Nominations are just as good as the win. No, it'd be nice to have that beautiful statue. You know, the thing <laughs> about the, the art department, what happens is, you know, again, 113 sets in 33 days. And it was, you know, it was very, again, technical. It was like finding the right centrifuge from 1972 in France that actually still works that can, you know, and then it, it was doing, you know, AIDS all across the world and all these different sets. And, uh, it was very, very hard. And uh, moving an electron microscope 12 times and things like that, it was so hard. And I was very proud of it, but it just, it all, in our department, it always goes to the person who gets a job that shoots in a palace in France. 
it, it, it who brought in the one chair. Like it's just getting the job where the set is already there because the people who vote on it are not the art department people. It's the entire Academy and they don't really understand right. what we do. So uh, yeah, I would have loved to have gotten more awards, but that's a, that's, that's the best I did in my career. So what is next on your agenda? We talked earlier and you're getting ready to go live in the islands. Yes, I am. That is, that is our plan. The Caribbean man. We, um, you know, I, uh, so I have uh, MECFS pretty badly and I had to stop working when I was about 38. I've, I've done sporadic work making props for movies and uh, I write and uh, done some design work and writing on the side, but not like full-time work because I tend to work for a couple of weeks and then crash for a few months. So um, my main project right now, I've had to sort of like just pace myself to get things done and not do very much. And then I can stay relatively okay. Uh, so my main project right now, which is happening very slowly, is a, a, it's a kid's project, a family project, sort of like The Simpson, called Monster May I. And uh, one of the books is, is up on Amazon now, but that's getting that TV show, you know, pitched and up and running. And uh, there's like a TV element, an internet element, and a, a movie element to it, and the books. So it's, so it's sort of a big program project. So the book is yours? You wrote the yeah. book? Yeah. Yeah. Very Cool. Yeah, and I've got a lot of effects guys in LA who've designed individual characters for me, uh, and you know, so it's I'm I'm very proud of it. And uh, but it's a it's going to take me a while to get it up and running. But uh, well, when it I, does, we have we we have to have you come back then, and we got to talk you. about that. I would love and that. Maybe one of the things we can do when we have a pirate festival here in February. That. And one of the things I've always been adamant about, we're actually adding it to our Halloween event in October. Oh, that's smart. I find people that people that have written books. Uh-huh. And we have at the Pirate Festival, we have called Authors Row. And all these people that have written books that are for, for kids or for families, we give them this space for all of them to have a space to talk about, put their posters up and talk about their books, sell them if they want. Give I'm gonna have to get like a pirate character in there because I don't have a pirate character. Well, you should. You should. Not always, yeah. We, we we are always looking for new ways to add pirate characters to stuff, but we always invite authors. So maybe we'll have to invite you to come out. I keep and, and your monster one. Would, your monster yeah. one would be perfect for Halloween. I bet it is. It's it, uh, we really do our advertising on Halloween. This year I didn't because I was doing my two surgery and stuff. So I didn't, I, I let this well, year slip. Halloween, 20, Halloween 2024. I would love that. Let's see what we can do about getting you back to St. Augustine anyway. You need to come I, back and I see your friends. I keep trying to get back. I keep trying to get back. I was back a lot when I was caregiving for family. And then since then I have, I just haven't. I've been out here mainly and I, I keep trying to get back. I miss Donna and, you know, every everything well, about St. Augustine I miss. Well, let's, let's not say anything too loud, but if you come back because of your book and everything, can't you write that off and have a good time with it? That's a very good point. Well, you know, also, actually, um, another thing I'm doing, my brother and I, you know, my, my dad owned the Museum of Weapons on Spanish Street when I was a kid. And uh, and we lived in the house at 62 Spanish there in the colonial section, uh, you know, like a second Spanish period house that uh, my dad built out a museum. And so when dad passed, we're still getting rid of a lot of pirate things. If anybody wants authentic pirate things, give me a call. Uh, please, but 
please that, do send me some information. Yeah, there's a there's a website. My brother's put up a website with just a few of the things, um, weaponscollector.com. And you can see some of the stuff there. Dad specialized in Spanish uh, colonial weapons, right. but he also had some English weapons. Queen Victoria's shotgun and things like that. One of the things that we do when we do our pirate setup Hmm. or or under under William Mayhem is we have a traveling museum. Oh, We take the museum to festivals and schools and there's all kinds of props. And we're always looking to add more. And it would be really interesting to add. These aren't, these aren't that, I mean, you know, I love that because that's what dad used to love. He would have people come into even when he stopped doing the museum as he got older, he kept like his core collection around him and people would come to visit and they, you know, he would hand them a left-handed dagger or a conquistador sword and let them touch the real thing that, you know, cabinet of curiosities where it's, it's just different. Like what you're describing, it's fantastic. But, but unfortunately this stuff is, you know, like the, 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 the stuff that can be played with with kids is sort of gone. Like that's been sold off. And now we, what we have is, you know, something you put behind glass, basically. Well, I can put it behind glass or I can hang it on my wall here in my pirate room. And everybody exactly. that's watching our show, they know about my pirate room. It's like a miniature museum here. Oh, that's and cool. We're always looking for things. See, so see, here's another reason for you to come out because. No, you would, you would die. I mean, dad's collection is amazing. You, you should definitely go to the side. It's very I, cool. We'll, we'll pass that yeah. information on to, to Davy and Donna, and I will definitely. Yeah, so, a lot of dug relics too, like you know, if you like rusty things that have been in the ground. You know, my dad rediscovered Fort Mose, right? Too. Yep. You know yep. And, so, and Fort Mose has been a, been a big thing over the last several years. They've been, doing, they've been doing things here at Fort Mose. It's it's so it's so. I, I'm struggling for a word here. I want to say cool, and cool is not the right word. Interesting is not the right word. But it's it, it's just really wonderful to show with this transaction of con- conversation how small the world really is. Oh, you're, yeah. You're obviously native, and you've traveled all the way to the other side of the world or the other side of our continent. Country. Yeah, yeah. And you've done all these things, but yet you still have your roots and you still – Love oh, I feel family. very connected to St. Augustine, even though it's been several years, you know, with COVID and everything, too. It's been and, several and years. And Stephen was the same way, Stephen yeah. Sears, and we're trying to get him to come out for our festivals or whatever else. So he was the same way. There, yeah. I, I've known a lot of people that have been from here. And mm-hmm. my, the family history of my family, we, our family has been in St. Augustine since the 1700s. Oh, really? Oh, yes. my God. That's amazing. So, you know, Menorcan, I, I, are you Menorcan then? There's some Menorcan in there somewhere. Yeah. I just don't know exactly where it is. But And, in fact, our uncle, uh, he was a Carlton. That, uh, that A lot of people mm-hmm. don't know that we're related to the Carltons. But Doyle Carlton, Carl, Doyle Carlton was the governor of Florida at the turn of the century, 1900. I think 1903 to 1907 or something like okay. that. So okay. we have a lot of ties to Florida, but very same cool. with a lot of other people. And they, they, they have a tie to St. Augustine. Then they go off into the world and do great things. Okay. And then they, they still come back here. Well, who, who doesn't love St. Augustine? Especially, you know, being a kid growing up in the 60s and the colonial quarter was freaking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was just amazing. And we were there for the 400th uh, anniversary and, you know, dressed up in our little outfits and, 
in the parade and all that, you know, it's like my memories of childhood are all uh, around the day of Spain and, you know, day in Spain and all that. I saw a, um, I saw a, um, a message in our comments by somebody, I think it was Jim. And by the way, Jim, glad to see you're out and your health is doing good. I wanted to make sure we said that tonight. Uh, we know that our, our, he's a, avid watcher of everything we've done and he's had some health problems but it's nice to see you jim back on the show with us we appreciate it we we want to make sure that you know that but jim was saying something about there was a movie that was shot here with rob Lowe. oh there's communion right there's there communion. there you go there's communion and big yeah. girls don't cry yeah that's Just another me. difficult one <laughs> and played on yeah cuffs. oh you get cuffs too uh, another situation where the decorator was, I got called in a lot when people got fired. I was sort of the person who nobody else can handle it, but she can fix it. I would be like, why don't you call me in the beginning? And then, <laughs> But I would also, I would always be the fix it girl. And that was another one. The, the decorator had been fired and there. She had shopped. There were two, this happened to me twice. She had two pictures for the next week. She hadn't done anything in advance. And wow. the next set was the one where they shoot up his apartment. And so we needed four matching sofas, four sets of curtains for it. Cause they, you know, multiple takes and nothing was done. And it was a holiday weekend and it was a nightmare, but, but uh, he, he was very nice. He, you know, Christian Slater was you accomplished nice. it. Yeah. got it done, but it was not fun. <laughs> so a few of the people, cause Donna made a comment because I can, if, if I don't have my glasses, I can barely see the comments. One of these days, I'm going to get a bigger screen so I don't have to wear glasses. But a few of the comments are, um, some of our ladies want to know who your husband is. And he's an actor. Oh, he's Carl Hammond. Carl with a K. And um, uh, Alias, one of the one of the first, one of the seasons of Alias, he had, that's his biggest role uh, that I can think of anyway at the moment. Um, uh he did like part one and part two and what's it called? It's like, it's like restricted eyes only or something like that. I, what's it called when you, we have a sign on a wall that says you can't go in there. It's authorized personnel only. It's the name of it. But yeah, if you look him up on IMDb, Carl Hammond, H -A -R -R. Maybe it's put the IMDb up there now. That's a whole mm -hmm. lot of stuff for people to remember. Things like All that. All they have to do is go there and type her name in. Okay, yeah, come from my last name and he'll come up. And he should be walking in the door here soon. You can see him and say hello. Well, we'll put him on screen then. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. If he's up for it, we'll see. It might have been a bad drive across LA. We'll see how he's feeling. Well, <laughs> any drive across LA is not good. But Carl is someone who will tell you about everything that happened on the way. <laughs> like he'll go, <laughs> and then I tried to turn left on Masianic, and you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> and so, how long have you two been together? We've been, uh, we got married in 97 and, and we met in 92. We were, uh, we dated for a long time and, uh, and like instant, uh, like instant, like this is my, my man, you know, thing. We had, we had friends set us up. I told everybody I knew they needed to set me up with two people over the next year. And very few people did it. This one woman set me up with horrible people. And I had said she couldn't set me up with anybody else, but she said just this one, just this one, and, and it was Carl. And it you've was on. Together, you've been together for forty plus years. No, no, it was uh, a nineteen ninety two. Ninety two to just two thousand two. Thirty is it thirty? Two thousand twelve. Right? Thirty one. Thirty one. Okay, thirty. 
Well, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a pirate. I don't do math well. Yeah, it was on my birthday uh, in May when the riots were happening. And to meet him, I had to sneak behind the riots in L.A. were happening. And I had to sneak behind a tank that was blocking access to the Hollywood Hills and go up to a friend's house to, to meet him. It was very dramatic. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> very must romantic. Really, that, that must have made it not only dramatic, but exciting at the same time. Yeah, and he was part of an acapella group. I, I was saying he sang on Third Rock from the Sun, uh, like with John Ray, the guy who's the lead in the original Oklahoma on uh, on Broadway, and right. John Lithgow. And uh, But he was in the acapella group that got hired for that gig, and, and we went and he was you know singing down in this sunken living room. That's how I first met him. It was great. He's wonderful. I adore Carl. I married the right man. Very happy to be married for so long. <laughs> so he got to he got to hang out with John Lithgow. There's an actor for you. He did. He loved John Lithgow. He he really loved him. And um, uh, what's the name of the kid on that show who's now such a great actor? He was it was the kids, uh oh, what's his name? The tall thin. Dave, you gotta look it up. What the, the he's he's like a, oh, a the, the actor the third rock. The One young man from Third Rock, David, who's now a big star. He did, oh, a, yes. he did a movie with Bruce Willis. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. And Gordon Carl, you know, Carl said, you know, I, I took him aside and said, you are really an incredible actor. And he, he said the guy was really nice. And, of course, now he's gone on to be this yeah. great. Yeah. He did a pretty good sci-fi movie with Bruce Bruce Willis. It was. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, very interesting. It was cool. Loopers, right? Yeah, Loopers. That's it. It was a good I movie. Think yeah, really good. He's a great actor. Yeah. So you're moving to the Virgin Islands, but you're going to be able to continue doing your work. So what work will you continue to do while oh, you're right. living in the life of luxury? That's the idea. Now, my plan, and uh, it's you know, it's probably going to take us a while to accomplish this because we're probably going to have to rent for a little while in order to stake out, you know finding the right house for us. There's very little stock of houses there. So we'll see. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look for a place where I can have a little studio and, and do my own little effects setup for my monster. May I be able to make my monsters and make it happen that way. So that's, right. the plan. and then writing, you know, writing and I'll probably do some design work. I usually make a little extra money on the side doing, I, I, I work as a colorist sometimes, uh, picking colors for corporate logos or for extremely wealthy people's houses, like doing like 14 color paint jobs uh, in mansions and things. So I do a little bit of that to keep the wolf away from the door. And then uh, mainly I'm working on Monster May I now. Yeah. Well, I, I'd be really interested in seeing more about that myself, very much so, and, and then figuring a way that we can feature you on later on and and talk just about that. I, I bet yeah. it would be a lot of fun. No, I'd love to tell you it's, you know, two kids get stuck in Monsterland base, basically, and they host a, a talk show for monsters. That's the, that's really, the yeah, yeah. That's, so, that, that's a pretty cool concept. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I really like it. I really, how many monsters? It's a whole, it's all kinds of different monsters, famous monsters and non famous monsters. And the idea, what I'm really interested in pursuing, and it, it's been, uh, it's it's one of those bleeding edge things where like you're you're pitching things before the time where it's ready to be implemented. Right. So like when I was first pitching Monster May, I was having to explain to executives what a, a GIF or GIF was, like an animated GIF, 
and telling them that this is what's going to happen in the internet. It's all going to be these gifts and, and how we want to integrate that to the story for the internet, you know, and, and how kids reading books are going to want to punch on the word and then the animation pop up. And that's how we get them to read. And, and they just were like, I have a half an hour slot. What are you talking about? Like they, they were not interested. Um, I mean, some of them were very interested, but couldn't convince their higher ups. But uh, so the, the thing about Monster May I, it really is a true mon uh, like multi-platform thing where the book, the movie, the TV show, they really, they integrate in a way that not many things that aren't already popular, they do multi, you know, once something's a hit, you can, you, there's money for multi-platform. And well, with this, the idea is to do multi-platform. Like we, so Carl and I wrote this thing, going off on a tangent. We wrote the first cat video on the web. Like when no one knew how to compress video, my brother, Dana Williams, also grew up in St. Augustine. He's like a computer genius. Like he started doing computers at the same time as Bill Gates, basically. And Dana knew how to compress video for the web before anybody did. And there had only been a couple of videos on the web uh, by 2000. Uh, there was something called 405, the movie. There were a couple of others. And we got Yoga Kitty. We wrote this thing. It was like just a, a fake cat that stretched and farted and did all the stupid stuff of Carl doing yoga with the cat. It levitated and we used special effects and stuff. So we got like a million hits really quickly. And back then that cost us money and we had to shut it down. It was on CNN and, you know, but, but that sort of thing has sort of hampered the Monster May I project where, you know, now you make money from putting a video on the web, but if you're one of the early pioneers of it, it's very, very difficult, especially as a woman, it's very, very difficult because they just don't see you. They see a 20 year old man who just came out of college and they go, oh, that's what we want, the new thing. But, you know, especially older people or whatever, they just can't get that you're, you're, you know, trying to work towards the next thing that everything entertainment's going to be. So it's sort of, it's sort of complex to do. It's like a, what I learned, I'm going to say one last thing. What I learned from Yoga Kitty was that everybody, early days of the internet, everybody wants to make it their own. They want to change the logo. They want to change the jokes that are written on the website. They want to alter it in some way and make it their own. And First so, right. And at the time that was a huge revelation. It was 2000. Nobody really knew that yet. It was like, I was, I was, I came up with yoga kitty because I was looking for keywords for search engine optimization. And what are two words that a lot of people are going to be searching for so they can find me of an experiment, but I learned all these core things about how the internet was going to work. And what I really think is that, you know, an entertainment product can come from the masses up. So what Monster May I is, is a way for people to create their own videos that can be slotted into a talk show format. So you know how in old talk shows would be entertainment sections, right? So just as on a lot Saturday Night Live or whatever, you can shoot something against green screen and they'll have it interact, right? This, this, the, the world is now our oyster for things like that. And this is, this is a way for people to get, you know, to make something at home and have it be part of a larger world. So that's what I'm trying to get going. It's a very high bar and it's taking me a couple decades, but uh, that's what I'm trying to do. Well, it, I, for, for, 
for lack of a better word to say self-promotion here, it's kind of the idea that this podcast you're on, I mean, this started because of COVID and I was trying to think oh, of ways yeah. that, that how, how, how can I get the pirate mayhem out into the world? Because and you I, couldn't do it in the real world. Yeah. You do it in the real world. And, and we, I'd lost all these tours and, hmm. you know, whereas the year before COVID and the year after COVID, I was doing seven, 800 tours a year. COVID, oh, I did yeah. like 200. So I was trying oh, to figure wow. out what we could do and being a magician too. And Davey and I have talked about all kinds of different yeah. things that we want to do. And the internet really is, a, it is the oyster for everybody. And there are a lot of bad things and there are a lot of good things. And trying to find your niche in it, it sounds like you found one of them because I don't believe that the internet is one niche. I believe that it is just a multifaceted opportunity for it can anybody. be whatever we want it to be yeah and we're, we're we've talked about doing other things with this show and being a magician oh, we, we've talked about having um shows that are only for members it's one of the th secrets we're going we were going to tell anyway on the show tonight we're, we're talking about having a show where it's it's only for the members that buy into our show and then we sit around and just this conversation we have might even be more in depth and it would only be a certain select amount like of a people. subscription yeah yeah and, 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 and I, I'm a huge Penn and Teller fan. I, I know Penn hey, Gillette. You're blanked out. Say it again. Say it again. Penn, Penn Gillette, Penn and Teller. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the internet went away for a second. Yeah. That's all right. So um, I'm a huge fan with them. And and, and I believe in, in get, we're, we talked about doing magic tricks where I'm going to tell you how to do the magic trick. But select oh. members only and ways to do things just like oh, that. Cool. Your your monster thing. I, I a question kept popping up in my head while you were talking because you said it it it, it it's for a, a variety of all these monsters. Are you talking about monsters that might have been from the old days that come into this story or yeah, from the new days? Or? It's tricky with doing something like you know a universal monster. You know somebody that is under the universal uh logo you know like you know you've got to be careful doing something like frankenstein or frankenstein right. you've got to refer only to the original in the book right so you can't like have a bride of frankenstein makeup without getting into legal problems or well, it's getting the it's the same thing you have to deal with with disney yeah it's exactly like that only disney's much more difficult um yeah. uh for a lot of, it's it's interesting um i i especially in the pirate world there are so many jack sparrows around and and I, yeah. I, i'm waiting for jack for disney to come in and just grab them all up and throw them in the throw them in the ocean well yeah it's it's interesting because i i think you know there's a they, they have a conundrum right because they own this property and they want um hey honey can you do me a favor can you grab on the right side of the desk see if there's a if it's not there, we'll give up on this, but see if there's a stack of monster may I uh, drawings there and then come and say hello. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to see the big star I live with. Um, uh, <laughs> he's, he is a very good actor, guys. Um, you should definitely look him up. Um, but, uh, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought on what I was saying. We're talking about Disney and the overall ownership oh, yeah. of things. So a studio... Studios have issues because they, you know, it's it, they have to pay all these people and, and it is a money-making business, right? And you don't want somebody taking something that you spent years developing and 
millions of dollars and then have somebody else just run off with it and start making money. You've got to be careful. But at the same time, you want a fan base. So one of the, you know, who, who likes to dress up as Jack Sparrow. So it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult line. And, and there is a legitimate, you know, problem that they face. Now, on the other hand, I made a prop for uh, how, how I Met Your Mother. I made a bunch of knitting props for them at one point when knitting was popular. And I made a little felted sheep prop. And like afterwards, Sony called me and wanted me to sign away my life that if they ever used a sheep again, I would have to pay their lawyers if someone sued them. I mean, it it's gotten so crazy that a lot of people... Is that the only one? Oh, then no, that's all right. We'll wait. Um, thank you, though. Hey, you want to say hello real quick? Come over here. Oh, I forgot to put the light on. I guess you can see me. Can we put the light on? Uh, I, I'll put it on. You just come in here. Say say a quick hello. He, he looks like he needs a, la uh, a nap after his drive across uh, across the town, honey. Well, we feel sorry for you. For that. There he is. Hey! Wait, let me get in closer. Hold on. Hold on. There he is. That's Carl. Hi, Carl. How are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's been I, a wonderful time talking with your lovely wife here about everything we do here. I bet you never thought she'd be hanging out with pirates, huh? Oh, we that saw could be predicted. We saw a few pirate types <laughs> when we were in Florida. David, <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to have to come back and hang out with us and, and hang out with us during some of our pirate times. And Absolutely. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. and David can dress you as pirates for sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, we, I, I'm going to need some help for sure. We have a lot of shipwreck stuff that yeah. we can bring with us. We have a lot of like, yes, we're talking about that, and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but uh, you, you, you actually, uh, you've never played a pirate. No, I don't think I have. No, and, and Carl, you've never played a pirate either. No, you know, my you dad pirate look. My dad was sort of like while my dad was alive, and I, I haven't been back that much since he passed, but. It's what not that it was anti uh, His name was uh, Jack Williams, uh, Frederick Eugene Williams III, but he went by Jack Williams. And, and some uh, of our listeners, like Jim, who's who's also a longtime St. Augustine person, he 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 might remember him also. So it's this his character. This is one of the things that excites me about this show is when we bring people in that are hundreds of miles away from St. Augustine, but have some connection with St. Augustine. Um, it it it. it to me, it makes the show exciting that we just get to sit here and we just talk. That's all we're doing. And it's all off the cuff and ad lib. And we get to talk about whatever pops up. And I, I'm, I'm really interested in this monster may I may I thing. This this sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I, I've got to figure out how we you got to figure out how to how to come up with a monster, a pirate monster now. Uh, yeah, I think I will have to do that. You know, one of the things when you're pitching shows, um, Everybody takes, you know, wants your character to be their idea of a character. Right. So one of the things that happens is you'll say, uh, you know, the the ghost, the Peepers is a ghost cat, for instance, uh, and and they'll say, oh well, he and I say, well, he's he's got an alcohol problem, basically. He's, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm 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 misspeaking. I'm I'm crossing characters. Oh, there's, okay. there's a baby vampire. And the yeah. baby vampire, um, I'm telling two stories at once, sorry. Uh, there's a baby, a vampire baby. And the baby vampire is basically, he's an alcoholic because what he does is he drinks his own blood all the time. 
So how can you get the, and sucks his thumb, right? So how can you get the baby vampire to not suck his thumb and then faint because he's, you know, so that, so that sort of thing, you go in and you pitch and the people go, oh no, I think he should be a cool kid. And you're like, well, that's good. But then that's not what it was all about, out, yeah. right? So, so, but definitely I could see, there's definitely got to be a place for a pirate in there somewhere. I think I could, I think I could come up with that. So our, one of our watchers, one of our watchers is Jim. They Can you see the, the. Yeah, the Jim. Show? Hey, Jim. So Jim says that he knew your dad well as a teen, and he talked guns to no end. So there's somebody that yeah. knew your dad. Dad, dad loved to talk to people, especially young people, about weapons, and uh, and he was an incredible expert, um, and had really really beautiful guns, like you know just works of art, not just guns, you know, and, and right. swords and like you know a, a crossbow and a jack. And the museum was amazing. And well, uh, I'll have to go to the website and see if there's anything that I can beg, borrow, or steal. Mostly yeah, definitely. Steal. Mostly, we've still mostly got steal because I'm a pirate. I'm going to steal. Yeah, so. no, we, you know, there were, you know, Dad, again, it was mainly Spanish stuff, but like, you know, uh, a lot of English dueling pistols and things like that, you know, uh, a lot cool. of really cool stuff. Dad had exquisite taste in, I think that's where I got my taste, my design aesthetic was, you know, the sculpture. He, he didn't have a, if he had a blunderbuss, it was, you know, something. The lines of it were beautiful. Uh, the, you know, the way the silver was worked into a grotesque on the end or whatever was on the butt was beautiful. Um, yeah, it was, a, it, he, he really had an incredible aesthetic. And, and so many kids have told me that, like, you know, people who are grown up now, but said, oh yeah, dad let me in. And I held the you know, the Spanish colonial pipe in my hand. And, you know, just he he really loved doing that being the museum was a cabinet of curiosities and the Mosa stuff. I always say Mosa because we called it Mosa when we were kids, but um, the Fort Mose uh, relics and stuff. It, it, he was a very good guardian of. Uh, when's, the last time you were, when's the last time you were in St. Augustine? Oh boy, it's been probably four years, five years now. No, like I think 2016 or 2017. Yeah, it's been a while. Now uh, it's time for another visit. No, it's way past time for a visit, guys. I really miss St. Augustine. I, I'm I'm hurting, especially for shrimp. I need some fried shrimp. <laughs> Are you oyster eaters too? Only I can't because of my health problems, I can't eat raw ones anymore, but I can I, eat I like Carl even more now. We're gonna eat oysters. I prefer them fried. Ah, how about rum? Do you drink rum, Carl? Uh, I think I do. <laughs> but I had a drinking contest with her father in the Bahamas. And it did not go well. <laughs> I, he drank me under the table. <laughs> he was it 200 proof, 100 proof, whatever. It's 150, 150 proof, 50 proof rum. And he and Dan Holiday, if any of you guys know Dan Holiday, they would like just pour a full glass full of rum and then go boop with Coke on the top. And I'd get like this much of the rum and be just completely knocked out by it with all Coke, you know, like right. they, they were real, they could handle it. <laughs> all my pirates know that you don't put anything in your, in your rum, but maybe an ice cube. That's yeah. It. We don't put any rum in any Coke in our rum, but. Well, well that, I was a kid, you know, I was I was 17 or 18 and, you know, like drinking. We'll, we'll work on that one. Yeah. Right, so, Carl, 
I, I'm told that you got to sing with John Lithgow. Is that the way I, I understand it? Uh, yes, I was in an episode of Third Rock from the Sun where he and Jane Curtin were trapped in a like a truck stop in Indiana in the middle of a snowstorm. And uh, for some reason, there was a rousing song from Oklahoma. And actually, <laughs> John Raitt, who played the original Curly in Oklahoma, was there. And I sang with John Raitt as well. He was in the whole group on stage. So you have something in common with Davey and Donna then, because Davey and Donna were in Oklahoma here oh. or, uh, presentation of Oklahoma at the Limelight Theater. And I've never heard David sing, but Donna's voice is amazing. David, in Oklahoma, you played City... No, that was Annie Got Your Gun, right? Right. You played in, City Bowl. Davey plays a great Indian because he just stands there. <laughs> <laughs> no, in Music Man, I was the, the bass in the quartet. He was the bass for the quartet Music Man. So, And, and when Davey and Donna do the... Um, the Limelight Theater here, uh, like Music Man, about we, uh, the pirate crew that we're all that I'm captain of is 52 members. About oh, 35, wow. about 35 of us went that night all together oh. to go in the audience and watch them. And I so would have very loved big supporting. So if I you come a... out here, we're going to be very big on showing you some some good St. Augustine pirate entertainment. No, I, would, sure. I would love that. And I, you know, I haven't seen Donna perform since grade school. You know, our, our parents, our mothers taught together at uh, Crookshank uh, back in the day. And uh, wow. so I haven't seen her, you know, perform since then, I think. So, uh, Carl, where are you from, actually? From California. Yeah. Yeah, I was born down here in L.A. and I've lived in Northern California, in uh, very far remote rural places. I've lived out in the desert out here in the Mojave uh, and so, I went to school in Berkeley. If you get a place in the Virgin Islands, here are a couple of requirements. You have to have a dock. You have to live on the coast and have a dock so that we can bring our pirate ship and, 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 and okay. hang out on your dock. Oh, that would be fantastic. Now, how are we going to be able to afford a place on the water with a dock? But we'll work on it if Monster Mirai takes off. I'm a pirate. I oh. think I can get what we need. Fantastic. I love this. No, I love the idea of a pirate ship coming up to dock at our place. Like the whole idea of moving there is that everybody will come visit us. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so it's the same. When I, when I lived in Las Vegas... I had more friends and more relatives that wanted to visit me than any right. other time in my life because everybody that's wanted right. to go to Vegas. So that's the plan. The that's the plan. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So it, it so it, I, I don't want you to leave. We're going to do a few other parts of the show here in just a minute. But what is your most and we may not be able to top it because you've already talked about um, Ghostbusters. You already talked about Beetlejuice. What do you have that is your most favorite thing that always sticks in your mind when, when, when you want to brag about what you do? Well, I don't want to, this is not a brag, but the, I'm most famous for something that is too long for tonight. And I don't have the energy for tonight, but I'm most famous for the goat story. And the goat story is a movie. I worked on it. There's a, everybody who works in film uh, plays a game on set at some point during the show 
you always play the game of I worked on a worse movie than you. Uh, and I always win. <laughs> I really? always win. I had well, a have to talk one. about that one. That one was called Wired to Kill. And um, I had a tie once with a guy, and he had worked at Salt and Sea, and months later had a bump that just wouldn't heal on his arm. And he cut it open, and, and spiders came out. Spiders were living in his arm. That was a tie. <laughs> the goat story is worse than that, but it's like an hour-long story. But uh, it was uh, bad guys in the Fontana steel mill and dead goats. And uh, it's a terrible movie. Uh, but again, terrible low-budget movie. But that's that's the story. But it's it's to be for later, a later consumption. Well, that means we're going to have to have you on. We're going to make some plans to have you on in 2000 and 2024. Uh, so I'm going to ask you another question. Here's here's and being from, from St. Augustine, you probably will appreciate this. So, you know, the game Seven Ways to Kevin Bacon, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah everybody knows the game, the game Seven Ways to Kevin Bacon. Yeah. As a historian, I tell everybody that in almost every case that I've ever thought of, you can take a historical event in the United States of America and within seven steps, link it back to the oldest city in the nation. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So get, be prepared to play that when we're drinking rum. Well, don't you just, opt, if you were there during the riots in 65, 64 yes. and a half? That, that doesn't that just count? Because I have all counts, my memories from that. It was terrifying. Guess, guess who the chief of police was during that time frame? Who? Uh, chief Lindsay, who was my uncle. <laughs> Is yeah. he still with us? No, he's been gone a yeah. long time. He's buried in the family cemetery. Dad, dad was a deputy. A lot of people were deputized. Yeah. And um, but he, we had to flee because he owned. At that point, it was the only gun shop in you know, St. Augustine proper. And like he, he was getting threats on our lives from both sides. Like I'm going to kill you. A, 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 a very, a very yeah. rough time in the history of St. Augustine. Yeah, it was very, so. and, and as a kid, you know, fleeing while the, the riots were happening. And then we, we had that happen out here too, with the LA riots. I had to, I had to flee from crowds of people. <laughs> so I, had, I, I was living in, I was living in Tucson during the LA riots and I had a couple of friends that were in the middle of all that. And yeah, we were, they them. were burning the building as we were right behind us, as we were running. It was very dramatic, but yeah. Yeah. So I have very vivid memories from, from that time. And, you know, it was, as a little kid, it was, it was very scary. The thing that I, I find the most fascinating though, and that I take a lot of heart from, and it doesn't get a lot of play uh, is that in the Florida archives, you can see footage of this wonderful thing that maybe your your uncle was involved in where when they integrated the beaches, um, I think it came down from the governor or something, but they, they you know, they were, a lot of local African-Americans were trying to get onto St. Augustine Beach and, and the cops and everybody formed like a square to protect them so they could go and swim and then come back out. And I know a lot of those cops probably didn't agree with it, didn't want it to happen, but they did it, you know? Right. And that was sort of the beginning of the peace happening, I think. And, and you can see that footage and it's very, you know, it's dramatic, it's violent, but it's also beautiful because it's, it's people putting feelings in order to get to a place where we can live in peace together. And um, I, I take a lot of heart for that. 
sounds to me like we got to have you on at least more than one other show. And maybe we can do something towards Halloween with your monster may I? Oh, I love that. I love that. And, and it would be really cool if, if you've got it substantiated solid enough by then. You just come to St. Augustine and we'll promote it here in St. Augustine. That sounds and fantastic. You can be a part of our, we, we turn the entire colonial quarter. You'll have to get talk to Donna about it and see the pictures. We turn the entire colonial quarter into a family friendly Halloween haunt for three years. Love months. that. Family friendly. Not a lot of jump out and scares, but yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the pirate. Uh, we have a pirate ship that Davy is the, the, the pirate captain of, and it's yeah, nothing but skeletons. And we, we we raised in three nights and nine hours. We raised a little over forty five hundred dollars that we turned around and gave to charities here in St. Louis. Oh, that's fantastic! So oh my Next God. year we want to add some other things to it and yeah. something like what you have. So no, I would love to do that. And I, I believe I'm, I, I have no idea where we're going to be a year from now, but if I can be there and I need to get back to St. Augustine a lot more often, I miss it so much. And Donna, my dear friend, Donna. So <clears throat> well, nobody I'll, ever knows where we're going to be, but, but let's plan that if it works out for everyone, you're yeah, going to be here in St. Augustine because would love we're going to have Halloween and rum uh, okay, we're on. Come on. Right there. <laughs> your picture. That's Davy with the big green eyes. Oh my God, that's fantastic. Up there on top. Wow. Yeah, up there on top. That's Davy. Wow. Now, you aren't afraid of electrocution? Yeah, gross. the little guy in the picture in the front, he's yeah. part of our crew. His he's name, adorable. I gave him his name. He's Machete. He's the oh, captain's great. enforcer. And he's been a part of our crew since he was, he's now about 13. He's been a part of our crew since he was about seven. But he, oh, wow. he made it through two as a baby, two open heart surgeries. Oh, wow. And he's still with us. And so wow. I, I called, his, his real name is Micaiah, but we, I call him Machete. And I tell everybody, that's my enforcer. If you have any problems, he's going to handle it. And so well, I'm a little my, afraid of Skeleton yeah. too, though. So <laughs> that's that's one of the things we do. We'll have to have you come out, Davy. I think I what we need that, to is, let's let's pop in, give everybody a rest. Let's give Diana a rest from her talk. You don't have to go anywhere because I want you to stay with the show. It's mostly just watching, and and I might throw a few things at you. But we have actually, I think I need to bow out. I'm sorry. I'm I'm all I'm right. Going that's fine way. then. I gotta we'll go. let you go <laughs> graciously. It was a wonderful time to have you on. I love chatting. So, you were on the show for over an hour. Oh, wow. Great. Well, yes. I really enjoyed it, guys. And, and Carl? Carl, it was a pleasure. Yes. <laughs> I, you know what? And it, it's really nice to see somebody that 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 I've seen on the screen and do things and, and say, I love your work. And you. it would be an honor to have you come out and, and hang out with us and hang out with the pirates. We'll dress you up. We'll drink some rum. And we'll we'll have these conversations in person. And maybe make me walk the plank or something. Yeah, well, we might make you walk the plank. We, we might. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, we have a plank that we make people walk. It's on a string, and you have to drag it around the street. Oh, we'll show it. Uh, we'll show it to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. I hope that all of our watchers and listeners. I know that we had people from as far away as Michigan. Uh, Canada and Panama City, Florida, watching the show, and um, I hope they enjoyed the company that you gave us as much as I enjoyed having a conversation with you. And it was wonderful. We are going to have you back on the show. We'll send you some dates and let's see what we can do. But you got to come out and visit. 
Oh, no, I, I absolutely will. I'm way overdue. And I really enjoyed talking with you guys. Thanks for inviting me. It was really Thank fun. you very much, Diana. And Carl, mm -hmm. it was a pleasure to meet you too. You guys enjoy your evening. It's mm -hmm. only 9.30 here. So it's what, 6.30 there? You guys yeah. Yeah. Dinner. Enjoy. Dinner. Very good. Dinner. Enjoy. We're going to go bye on bye. with the rest of the show. Okay, be well. Bye. Bye. Great guests, but we understand when they're in a different time zone, we do have to let them go. As much as I'd like to sit here and talk for more and more and more, um, but we had some great comments. But, Davey, while I'm looking over a few things, why don't we go ahead and do this week in nautical history? All right. Welcome to This Week in Nautical History, sponsored by our friends at Florida Water Tours. Experience the intercoastal waterway at its finest, featuring picture-perfect attractions. We begin This Week in Nautical History in the year 1492, ship Pinta under Martin Alonso Pizan separates from Christopher Columbus's fleet. 1497, Portuguese navigator Vasco da Gama rounds Cape of Good Hope on way to first voyage from Europe to reach India. 1595, English fleet led by Francis Drake and John Hawkins unsuccessfully attacked San Juan, Puerto Rico during the Anglo-Spanish War. 1778. British explorer Captain James Cook is the first European to visit Maui in the Sandwich Islands, now known as Hawaii. 1820. Whaling ship Essex attacked and sunk by sperm whale in the Southern Pacific. Only eight of the 20 crewmen eventually survived. Uh, through cannibalism. Inspiration for the novel Moby Dick. 1869, the clipper Cuddy Sark is launched in Dubberton, Scotland, one of the last clippers ever built and the only one still surviving. 1916, HMHS Britannic sinks in the Aegean Sea after a mine explodes killing 30 people. 1941, British cruiser Devonshire sinks German auxiliary cruiser Atlantis. And finally, 1944, first Japanese suicide submarine attack, Ulithi Atoll, Carolines. And that was this week in nautical history. Good job, Davey. I'm actually looking something up here. You, th something in that video made me curious. The HMHS ship. I know what HMS stands for, His Majesty's Ship. What's the extra H for? If anybody knows, there's a good point of learning right there. What's the extra hospital H Hospital ship? What's that? A hospital ship. Was that a hospital ship? I'm not sure, but I have to go back. I mean, it's an interesting point, and isn't that what we're here for, to, to learn and 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 see things. I went back through the um, through the comments, and I know we don't normally want to do all the comments, but there are some extra people in here in our comment section in our gallery, and I think I'm just going to go through it. Davey, if you can keep up with me, mm -hmm. there's Zachary always as he's here. We appreciate you, Zachary Harker. I, always a good one from Michigan. And my son, Will, the historian. Now, I know I saw another post where he had to go ahead and leave early. I, somebody that I haven't seen for a while, and that's the Little Traveler. I, I haven't seen you at the museum for a while. I hope everything's going well for you. Have your dad drop me a line and let me know how life is going for you guys. 
Of course, there's Nightingale in Florida and Ransom Mayhem from over in Panama City with the Pirates of the White Sand and Parlay A. Those are our good friends there, and we're going to be doing some work with them real soon. They have their own show that we'd like to connect with them. There's Captain Morrow. We have one of his books now selling in the Pirate Gift Shop, and he's planning on coming here for Old City Pirate Festival. Of course, there's Miss Kara Creamer, my better half. Um, Adam Lee, who, Davey, who is that? Do we? I don't recognize that name. I apologize if I don't. But there's a new name on it. There's Chad Cook, the captain of the Pirates of the Queen Anne's Revenge. I think I got it right this time. There's Ta Captain Ted Higginson. Hi, ahoy. Um, Will the Historian, Nightingale in Florida, Kara Parlay 8, Parlay 8, Parlay 8. Utah Pirates weighed in. That's Mandy Joe and some of her people. Donna Bogus, there she is. I see Cat Butts in front of Longwood. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Donna, and I, I need to give a thank you to Donna because Donna is responsible for our guest tonight. Donna is responsible for two of our guests, this one tonight and Stephen Sears, who was on about a month and a half, two months ago. Both St. Augustine natives that's, that Donna grew up with and are now famous in the Hollywood world, and she's brought them to us, and we're hoping to bring them here in person. You know, it might be kind of fun, as I talked about earlier, We've reached a point of our monetization with YouTube that we're going to get to sell memberships. And one of the things we're thinking about doing with the membership is we can allow up to about 10 or 12 people to be on the screen with us. And it would be a private show with our guests that you are actually on the screen with the guest talking and conversating and asking questions. It is going to be one of the benefits that we wanted to talk about. Usually the day after Thanksgiving, uh, after Thanksgiving, we decorate the house for Yule. You're absolutely right, Zachary. That's the way we were doing it, too. Although I may do, be doing it on Thanksgiving morning. We'll see how it goes. Uh, let's see who else is there. We just like to get together on Thanksgiving, be thankful, and eat a lot. Well, that goes without saying. I should have asked the question, pumpkin pie or sweet potato pie? Mm -hmm. But we'll leave that for another one because I know what I like. Let's see. So there's a few people that said that I was wrong on President Carter. Again, my apologies. For some reason, I thought he had already passed on. I see a few face Facebook watchers. I don't know who they are. Captain Smoo, I hope you're still watching because I'm going to read something that you wrote. That's next in just a minute. So please, if you're there, stand by. Hi. Emily Farrell of Farrell, the Farrell family, Robert and Emily. Of course, Emily's my favorite. Robert's an okay guy, though. <laughs> I, let's see. What else do I see? Uh, Ransom, I see some of you. You're actually talking amongst yourselves. Nightingale in Florida says, yes, for pirate court. I, I'm hoping maybe I can get my son to come down and visit us during Pirate Festival, too. Um, Chad Cook, excited to see Parlay 8 at the Old City Festival. Yes, we're trying to get him involved, and I'm not sure what we can get him to do, but we are going to get them to be a part of everything. Let's see. I see Zachary Argan. Mincemeat pie. All right. I'll give you that. That's a good one, too. But still, nothing better than chocolate milk and sweet potato pie. At least for me. Um, okay. Time for dinner. That was my my good good son out, out there, Emily Farrell. 
Um, if Emily's watching, maybe Robert's watching too. Jim had a good thing about the stories of Rob Lowe when he was doing Illegally Yours here in St. Augustine. Um, a terrible movie in my opinion, but legendary about what he thought he was and should how he should be treated. Yep, I've heard those stories. Uh, Captain Morrow says he can't wait for Old City Pirate Festival. Um, no time for Rob. Great work this weekend, crew. Who in the world is no time for Rob? Is that Rob Adams? Aye, ah, that's what I'm thinking. It's Rob Adams. Captain May I. Aye. <laughs> I love going through all these comments and, and bringing them up to light because we can't do them as fast as we want. Um, weaponscollector.com. Thank you very much. Everybody go to that site and look at the weapons because it would be really nice to some of us to be able to acquire them and keep them here in our city. Very good. So, Davey, I want to read a letter real quick. And I have it on my screen. So if you will, ladies and gentlemen, allow me to read this to everybody, and then we will go into This Week in History. This is our mail call. Dear family and pirate friends, as the international pirate community prepares to set sail for an unforgettable pirate year in 2024, it is essential to emphasize the importance of maintaining a distinction between festivities reserved for adults and those intended for young deckhands. Adult pirate parties offer an immersive experience sometimes punctuated with festive and laid-back moments and perhaps a bit risque. These events may involve entertainment and discussions unsuitable for young ears. To ensure a respectful and age-appropriate atmosphere, it is strongly recommended not to mix the two, and in some cases, it is even forbidden by the pirate code to do so. We understand that the enthusiasm of our little pirates is contagious, but by preserving them from the adult-oriented parties, we ensure a family-friendly and safe environment. This also allows adults to fully enjoy the festivities without worrying about inappropriate content. We encourage active participation in events, especially designed for our young sailors, where age-appropriate activities will be offered. Similarly, we encourage adult pirates to participate in events, especially tailored for seasoned sea wolves, where activities suitable for their age and curiosity will be available. Thus, everyone can embark on a pirate adventure tailored to their age group. Thank you for understanding and cooperation. Let's prepare to sail together into 2024, ensuring that everyone can fully embrace the spirit of piracy appropriately. Onward with respect, of course. Signed by Captain Smoo, one of our fans and followers of our show, and the interim governor of the IPC, which is the International Pirate Community, which the Pirate Captain's Quarters podcast is part of, and he has allowed me special representation to read this, and I believe I read it quite well without one mistake, because this is very important to me, ladies and gentlemen. It is one of the reasons why we have a family-friendly Halloween haunt. It is also one of the reasons why a good portion of Old City Pirate Festival is very family-friendly, and a certain portion of it will be adult, and it will be advertised as such. 
And I, my crew knows that I have no issues with stepping up to somebody who is inappropriate at certain times. It is probably one of the reasons why Captain Mayhem at some points in time has earned a black eye, so to speak, because sometimes we can't not say anything. We must speak up because one bad pirate is a representative of all pirates. And that's not always a good thing. So we must remember the words of this letter written by Captain Smoo, the governor of IPC. Keep your family friendly and your small pirate events separated from your adult events. And know the difference, please. And understand that a great pirate joke told amongst good adults drinking rum is not appropriate for little ears. So if you can, please abide by these thoughts and these words, and I hope that everyone will respect the content and the enthusiasm and the attitude with which it is presented here at the Captain's Quarters podcast. Thank you very much. Davy. why don't we go ahead and play This Week in History? Okay. And then we'll get back to any... Welcome to This Week in History. Sponsored by our good friends at Dick's Wings Bar and Grill. Wings, salads, wraps, quesadillas, and more. No matter what your taste buds crave, they've got you covered. We begin this week in history in the year 1817. First sword swallower in U.S. performs in New York City. 1864. American Civil War battle at Griswoldville, Georgia ends after 650 casualties. 1889, debut of first jukebox Peleus Royal Saloon, San Francisco. 1904, third summer modern Olympic Games close in St. Louis. In 1905, Tomiko makes the first ever advertisement for a radio set by advertising an $8.50 set in the Scientific American, which claimed to receive signals for up for one mile. 1914, U.S. State Department starts requiring photographs for passports. 1920, First Thanksgiving Parade, Philadelphia. 1921, U.S. President Warren G. Harding signs Willis Campbell Act, anti-beer bill, forbidding doctors prescribing beer or liquor for medicinal purposes. 1931, Rolls-Royce acquisition of Bentley Motors is announced. Also, 1931, horror film Frankenstein is released, starring Boris Karloff as the monster, directed by James Whale, and based on Mary Shelley's 1818 novel Frankenstein, or The Modern Prometheus. 1936, first issue of Life Picture Magazine, created by Henry All Luce, published. In 1939, Bugsy Siegel, Whitey Krakauer, Frankie Carbo, and Albert Tannenbaum kill Harry Big Greeny Greenberg outside his apartment after Greenberg had threatened to become a police informant. 1953, 
Authorities at the British Natural History Museum announced the Piltdown Man skull, one of the most famous skulls in the world, is a hoax. 1958, American puppeteers Jim and Jane Henson established Muppets, Inc., now known as the Jim Henson Company. 1962, Mickey Mantle wins the ALV MVP for the third time. 1963, U.S. President John F. Kennedy assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald while riding in an open-top motorcade in Dallas, Texas. 1967, Mel Brooks' first film, The Producers, starring Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder, has a disastrous film career and is almost shelved, later goes on to win an Oscar and achieve cult status. And finally, 1989, law banning smoking on most domestic flights signed by U.S. President George H.W. Bush. And that was This Week in History. So here's an extra one for you if you like trivia. Boris Karloff was the voice of the Grinch in the original Grinch cartoon. Just so you know, since the Grinch is now becoming pretty popular because it's Christmas time. And Jim says Harding spent quite a bit of time in St. Augustine when he was elected president of the United States. Very good. Captain Slew, I hope that we did you proud by reading. I see that you did say thank you very much. I hope that the reading and the words after elicit the same emotions and thoughts that you have. We both, I think, share the same thoughts on the way things should be. And I'm sure that many of my other pirate people here in our fan base, um, Emily and Robert and our friends up in Michigan, I'm sure they all share the same idea, including my brother over in, Ran in Panama City, Ransom Mayhem. I know that he tries to work very hard to make sure that there are family events and adult events at the Pirates of the High Seas in October every year. So it is very important. And we're always fighting against that one or two pirates that just don't know the difference. And it causes us problems. Guests on deck, Mr. Davey. So we just had Diana. 27 November next week, St. Nicholas may make an appearance here, but if not, we'll talk about whatever we can. December 4, we're going to do a Pearl Harbor special. I'm hoping that my son will be able to be a part of the show. I'll be talking to him. He is a very great historian and uh, history teacher in the school districts up in Northern Alabama. He would be wonderful to have here. Sheriff Hardwick will be here on December 11th. We've got a surprise for him. I hope that you will join us. December 18, we do have something planned there. What is that, Mr. Davey? I didn't write it in. You did not. What are we doing? <laughs> I don't remember either. We're bringing in Travis Romney. That's right. That's it. We, we have, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, we the have ship a cartoonist. cartoonist. The ship's cartoonist. We're bringing him in for the new year of 2024. And I, all I will say is this, he has characterized the characters of the Captain's Quarters podcast very well, and we're making changes to the Captain's Quarters podcast. We've upgraded, ladies and gentlemen, our stream yard. We've upgraded our cartooning and our 
promotional and we're upgrading our ideas. And as I said earlier, we're thinking about that one level that YouTube is letting us do here shortly is to allow memberships to our podcast. And those memberships will entitle you to special non-public shows, shows that we want to do from around the captain's table. We're still trying to decide a title on it. Captain's table would be a good one, but I'm also thinking of after the lights go out, but who knows? Because on a pirate ship, lights were extinguished at a certain time every night. So we'll work on it. Upon that note, Let's reveal the joke of the week, because I'm really curious why pirates like Thanksgiving. Okay, it's time for the answer to the joke of the week. Why do pirates love Thanksgiving? The answer is because they get to carve the turkey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I like that one. I see Mandy is stifling a grin. That joke, ladies and gentlemen, as with everything with William Mayhem, little William Mayhem, I that one's from the poop deck. Yes, I, ladies and gentlemen, mini mayhem and the joke of the week is always brought to us by Marco's Pizza, which is a great pizza. If you haven't had one, oh, if you run into me in public, let me know. I might have a way for you to get a really great deal on a great pizza. Upon that note, we do have a thank you video. We will be making changes to it over the next couple of weeks. But for now, let's say thank you. The Captain's Quarters podcast is indeed a ship sailing the seas of the world, always in search of history, knowledge, and adventure. It takes a crew to run a ship, so we take this opportunity to thank those who help keep this ship afloat. Our sponsors, St. Augustine Pirate and Treasure Museum, Dick's Wings Bar and Grill, Ancient City Sirens, Spyglass Travel, Marco's Pizza, Florida Water Tours, Riker Reenactors, Paper and Strings, and Shiver Me Pictures. The supporting cast and crew, Captain William Mayhem, Navigator Davy Longwood, Gunner Hellfire Henley, Cartographer Mandy Joe, Juan Cam, and of course, the Powder Monkey. Helping others gives a crew purpose. Inc. Investing in kids. St. John's County Fire Cadets. Says St. Augustine Youth Services. And the Humane Society. The four major charities report, but always room for more. You too can be part of the crew and support the show in many ways. Go to Patreon. Support us with a small monthly contribution as a Powder Monkey or First Mate memberships. Go to YouTube. Hit the like and follow buttons to join our ranks and support the show. Or a single contribution which helps with other expenses of the show. Thank you. It does take a crew. Very good, Davey. Show our platforms. I will mention that as soon as we do the pro platforms. <laughs> I did think of that. So there you are, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to watch us, you can watch us on YouTube, Spotify, or Instagram. If you want to listen to us, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Apple Podcast, and Amazon Music. I believe with our upgrade, we will be adding some more to that list. Am I correct, Mr. Davey? Yes, and, and also, it, it, there seems to be a feature with it that 
a guest we have in, um, if they had their own platforms, they could add up to two, apparently. All right, very good. So we can add more platforms to go live on several other platforms. That sounds like a plan. I do want to, before we show our numbers, I do want to say Travis Romney, Salt City Comics is our comedian, our comedian, our comic <laughs> illustrator yeah. that has offered to do some great cartoons of the crew. And he's done some, we've seen them already, but I have told the crew we must keep them until an appropriate time to show them professionally. Our plan is that if he's on for the 18th, we will show them on the 11th and then brag about him on the 18th. So the 11th of December will be a great reveal of the cartoon versions, the newer cartoon versions of Davey Longwood, Mason Hellfire Henley, Mandy Joe, and she actually looked really good in the cartoon. I have she to did. say, she did. She looked fierce. I know, fierce. <laughs> I, I I think she might be just a little too sexy for us now. <laughs> he had a little ah. too much fun with that. Is what he did. He was. Yes. It was a part of a mockery because oh. I've known him for like the better part of eight or nine years. So I'm I'm thinking we might have to have some some additional something. I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> Man, Mandy is looking a little bit too. <laughs> but maybe it'll just catch the catch the imagination of our younger crowd. That'll that'll be what we go for. There you he go. He sees me dressed like a pirate more than you guys do. Oddly enough. Yeah, oddly. I, I, and then of course Captain Mayhem. I'm actually pretty pleased. I'm looking very handsome and svelte. But we'll be showing that on December 11th, so you don't want to miss that show. Captain Smooth, to you, you're sending us the information on our lost comrades was was wonderful, and we have talked about it in the past already that we want to make sure that we include fiddlers green on everything we do with eight bells so if we miss something please always make sure that you send something to davy so we can put it on and uh in the future i'll try to do a better job of having maybe a little bit more of a information about each of our fallen brethren but also captain smoo i know you're going to europe in the April May time frame, if you're still watching, will you be able to come to St. Augustine in February? If so, we're planning on doing eight bells there also. But the eight bells there will be for our fallen brothers in arms and sisters in arms over the past year. If you come down, maybe you can help me do that properly. Upon that note, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to show our numbers. Drum roll, please. 1,455 subscribers. We've gone up again, haven't we? Yes. Very good. We're only 45 away from 1,500, and that's what I'd like to see by the first of the year. 1,500 by January 1st, which actually January 1st is a Monday, so we'll be having some kind of a show. So join us, ladies and gentlemen. Tell your friends. Get involved with what we do. It is now 10.05. This is now probably one of the longest shows we've ever had. As I always say, when we have guests, good guests with fun stories, we have a lot of fun. If it's just the three of us on the screen, eh. But upon that note, I think it's time for us to say good night. What do you say, Mr. Davey? Part of the podcast. Part of the crew. 
always. We can't do it without our fans and our loved ones. So thank you very much for tuning in. We appreciate every one of you for staying for the whole two hours too. We'll have to think of some ways to reward you for some really fun ideas. But thank you very much. Crew always signing off. We'll see you next Monday.